and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org Hi, it's Michelle Martin. Mornings can be tough. Getting your day started when you're barely awake takes effort. And while we can't brush your teeth for you, pick out a shirt, or get you or your kids, good luck with that, where you need to be, we can help you get ready with stories that help you understand the world you're about to step into while wearing that shirt. You know, that one, the one with the stripes. Ease into your day with Morning Edition from NPR News. On Radio Catskill. Hi, I'm Kusar Grace KG, host of the Music Emporium. Two hours of great music right here on Radio Catskill. Sometimes I start out with a little bit of talk concerning things in the world for the week. Then I'll jump into some tunes that you will enjoy. Jazz, funk, blues, and more. So come and hang out with me. The Music Emporium, Tuesday night, 7 to 9, right here on Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Farm Arts Collective, located on Willow West Organic Farm in Damascus, Pennsylvania. Farm Arts Collective's programs intersect the practices of farming, performance, food, and ecology. FarmArtsCollective.org From The Community Foundation of Orange and Sullivan, a publicly supported philanthropic institution, CFOSNY.org And from listeners like you, who donate at WJFFRadio.org. Good morning. Welcome to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. And with me today is Pastor Sung Jin Hong of the United Methodist Church of Gramsville and Sundown. Back in 1855, there were five church schools in the Gramsville area with 155 students and 37 staff members. There were all kinds of differing of opinions and problems, as there always are, one being that the pastor was actually drafted into service during the Civil War and spent nine months as an army chaplain. And another was that someone wanted to move the church building, now this is in real time, to sit next to the parsonage and others didn't. This was an ongoing struggle for five years before the church was finally moved. All this to illustrate that just like any organization, the church, be it Methodist or whatever, is populated by people who always have their own struggles, and often those struggles play out in the organization they give their time to. So pastors deal with things like this, besides all the ordinary issues in modern-day churches, I think the biggest probably being the loss of members in the U.S. in churches of all Christian denominations, what then motivates a young man born and raised in South Korea to take on such a heavy load? I'm going to ask Pastor Sung that and find out more about him. Here's our conversation. Welcome to Catskill Character, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. Let's start with your childhood. Your father was a chaplain in the Korean Navy, correct? Yes, he was Korean Navy for many years. And after he retired, and now he's serving as a local pastor in Seoul. Oh, that's nice. I, I bet, though, if he was in the Navy, you must have moved around a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, Our family had to move like two to three years every time. So we've been to uh, different areas in South Korea. Do you have a favorite of all the places that you lived in or one that you remember in particular? 
Yes, I do. Chine is uh, one of my favorite places to live. I live in there about like 60 years totally because I love seafood, especially hue, which is in Japanese word sashimi. It's a raw fish. I love seafood and we Korean people eat a lot of different kinds of seafood. So yeah, that's a place where I really loved. I've mentioned to you that my son is adopted and he's Korean. He mm-hmm. was born in Seoul. He cannot eat seafood. He can't even smell it. He starts to gag. Oh, oh really? Oh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. interesting. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing because mm. he was born in Seoul. And, you know, Koreans are known to like seafood. But mm. my son, forget about it. That's just a little tidbit there. <laughs> wow. You, you know what? They uh, Sometimes uh, people say the raw fish is smelly. But usually yeah. when you live near the coast area, um, the fish or the sea, seafood is very fresh. Is you, you can't even smell the fishy thing. Mm. Um, but it's, um, it's no, it's a, a whole different, yes. Yes, a whole different thing. And mm-hmm. I love seafood as well. <laughs> um, one thing I do remember you telling me when we spoke earlier is that when you were in the fifth grade, your family mm-hmm. moved to Comac, Long Island, of all places, for a year so mm-hmm. that your father could do a training there. When you look back at that now, um, is there anything that you can share about your observations and the differences or the similarities in our two cultures? Yes, um, it was great. Uh, my life, uh, from my whole life, uh, it was a great experience because i never been... I've gone to different countries until that age. So um, one day my father asked me, oh, do you want to go to the United States? And say, yeah, yeah. I thought this is a part of Korea. And then, uh, but <laughs> I found that this is a whole different area because I have to take a plane about like 12 to 13 hours, no stop. And, you know, they speak different languages and eat different foods. And one thing I remember uh, is the one sentence uh, which my mother taught me how to speak in English when I go when I first went to school. Uh, He taught me. uh, She taught me. I don't speak English very well. Um, This is the first sentence I learned. Um, (laughs) At that time, I didn't know A B C D at all. Right, you didn't know the alphabet even. Wow. Right. But. Kids really learn quickly, don't they? Oh, yeah. After years later, I was able to speak with my friends, basic words still, but I wasn't was able to speak. And I, I played the Pokemon with my uh, school friends a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, would you tell the listener, please, Pastor, what PK means? Yes. Uh, PK is Pastor Kids. And... Usually we use the term in a in a in a negative way because you know we have expect expectations to a pastor and it's kind of similarity expectations to their kids. Mm-hmm. So PK is a one of uh, expectations to their kids. Um, they know more, maybe know more about the Bible scriptures, or they know how to pray. They know how to pretend or behave as Christians, um, that's the term terminology that the church people use. And as I am PK, 
I wasn't raised as a PK. Instead, I was raised by by my father and mother. Um, As a normal kid, they don't want to push me too hard because they knew that it's stressful to their kids. Yeah, that's really wonderful. So you were not raised PK because your parents didn't want to put that kind of stress on you. Right, uh, they were pretty smart, weren't they? Um, yes, I can tell now they're very wise parents. Yes. Yeah. So, what were your interests besides Pokemon? You you mentioned that. What were your interests? Um, I do love to play games, and also I do like to read books and other things. So um, I was interested in math and science as well. So when I was in high school, I um, my goal was um, to be a programmer because I wanted to create a game or AI, artificial intelligence at that time. So I thought. No, I was a good student, and I applied to school in Seoul, but I wasn't that much good students at that time. So as good as you thought, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had to fall back and then to go to theological school, and that's a kind of a first call answering to um, as a past as uh, to be a pastor, um, uh-huh. and. And I went to the old school because to I wanted to know more about God as well as human being. Yes, I understand. Mm-hmm. And I also know that uh, you decided after two years in school mm-hmm. to go into the Marines, the Korean Marines. Uh, and I was wondering, do you, as a man or, or even women, do you all have to serve in the armed forces in Korea? So right now we're on Cold War between North Korea and South Korea. So all men has to go to military service for two years. The Marine is uh, uh, the person's decisions. So I decide myself to apply to Marine and we had to take a special like a certain interview and task to be a Marine. So um, that was my great decision. Maybe also that was one of part of God's leading me to that difficult situation. That's really interesting, Pastor. When you, when it was time to go to college, you wanted mm-hmm. to go to a, a school where you could study AI or computer sciences, but you didn't get in there, and you had theology schools as your backup. And because you really weren't sure you wanted to be a pastor, but you did. You were very interested in the human mind and the human psyche and um, like that. So. You did get into those schools and you started going. And because you have to serve mm-hmm. um, in the armed forces, you decided after two years to mm-hmm. go into the Marines. And that was another two years that you did that. But it turns out that going into the Marines was really, really important insofar as you finding your way mm-hmm. to being a pastor. Would you tell the listener about that? Yes, I'd like to share the, uh, my personal experience and story. Uh, one day uh, when I was serving, a Marine uh, was so stressed out and he was bullied by, bullied by other Marines, maybe because he wasn't that good or he wasn't that, not sure the background or reason why. But he decided to kill other Marines and then he killed uh, several Marines and he decided to suicide 
uh, by um, his grenade, but he failed and he got seriously injured and he was sent to our base. And I was tele telecommunicator and I was able to see his face and his mother. And, and I saw also uh, her mother crying uh, really hard, um, sadly, on the street. All Marines, and include me, talking about the man uh, murder and uh, no bad words to him, but his mother still call him a son. Uh, that experience, uh, that image gives me a shocking moment because, you know, God's love is amazing and powerful like the parents. Even though we do a lot of, sh we, we fell short and we do a lot of sins, but God still loves us and God sent his only son to us and to save us. Um, so I understand this story as my calling and I decided to share this story after that time. So I decided to be a pastor, share God's love, and now still I share this story to everyone who I met first. Mm. Wow. So you just happened to be able to see him, and you also saw his mother, and you saw that love, and it reminded you of God's love. So that was a real pivotal moment in your life. It is, yes. And that's when you decided that you were indeed going to take your theology studies very seriously. Seriously, yes. Become <laughs> a pastor. Mm. Do you remember what your your father said when you told him that you've decided to do this? As I told you, he didn't expect me a lot like other Korean pastors. Um, he didn't forced me to be a doctor or pastor or lawyer. Instead, he just told me that do whatever you want. So I talked to my father that uh, the story also myself and he said, yes, do whatever you want. And I you know, now become a pastor and he's proud of me and also proud of my father as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so fantastic. But I, I know as a parent, I can just imagine, you know, here, here he is. He's a, a pastor. He never pressured you. He's a very, very smart man. And then you turned around and because of your own experience and your own sense of a calling from God, mm -hmm. uh, you, just, you told him, I'm going to become a pastor. I'm just, to, just trying to imagine what how great he felt. <laughs> you know? It is, yes. That is a wonderful story. We're going to take a, a quick break here, and we'll come right back. Okay, Pastor? Yes. Okay. This is Catskill Character on Radio Catskill. I'm Donna Fellenberg. We'll hear more from Pastor Song after a quick break. This is Radio Catskill. A winter storm warning goes into effect for our entire listening area today. Warning starts at 11 a.m. for Wayne and Pike Counties, 1 p.m. for Sullivan and Delaware, and 4 p.m. for Orange and Ulster. The warning lasts until 7 tomorrow evening. Six to nine inches of snow expected, more possible in higher elevations in the eastern Catskills. Snowfall will be heavy at times, up to an inch per hour, especially this evening into tomorrow morning. Travel may be impacted. This is Radio Catskill. Listen local. Sure, you love your friends, your family, your local librarian. But what about the love we dream about? That wild, overwhelming surge of madness that happens but once or twice in your entire life. 
On the next Selected Shorts, stories about love that break the mold. I'm Meg Wallitzer. Join us. Welcome back to Catskill Character. If you've just joined us, my guest today is Pastor Sung Jin Hong of the United Methodist Church of Gramsville and Sundown. In the first half of the show, Pastor Sung told us about his childhood, growing up in Korea, living in the United States for one year during the fifth grade, and what moved him to become a minister. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about how Pastor met his wife and together how they minister to their parishioners and the entire community. What is the role of the church? We're going to talk about that, so let's get back to it. Pastor, before we start, I just wanted to ask you, because, you know, I thought about this before, Mm -hmm. your church is the United Methodist Church of Gramsville and Sundown. Is that two separate buildings, two separate churches? Yes, it is. It's a two, two different separate building and also church community. Yes. Wow. So you minister to two separate churches. How does that work? You know, I'm at the church. The denomination is different than other denominations. Usually the bishop uh, send a pastor to uh, local churches. Uh, nowadays, the pastor is short, and we have a lot of church building, but short uh, pastors. So sometimes the pastor serve um, two churches or three churches and also four churches. Wow. Um, so um, I'm serving two churches right now, uh, Grahamsville and Sundown Nuremath Church. So how does that work? Do you have to get up real early in the morning on Sunday and go to two different churches? Or do you have one service on Saturday? How do you work it? I have to go to Sundown Church by 8.30 because uh, the service start 8.30. And I have to come back to the Grahamsville Church uh, because the service start at 10.30. So uh, every Sunday, I preside two service on Sunday. Good for you. You must have a lot of energy. Yes, I do. Um, maybe because <laughs> I'm young. Um, not sure this day. Um, <laughs> but some yeah. other pastors serving four churches. I, I see this is a really great. Wow. I can't imagine serving four churches on Sunday. No, I can't either. That's, that's something. You know, I know that you're married to Ju Young Sung and you have an 11 month old son. How did you meet your wife? It's a long story, but make it short. Uh, when I was studying at True um, Theological School as my master's degree. Um, oh, that's right. We forgot to mention that, didn't we? That you went to Drew University in New Jersey for your mm-hmm. master's in theology, right? Right, right. My wife's brother uh, was at Drew as well, and he introduced me. So we had a long distance uh, relationship for a year. And we decided to get married. So um, now finally we have a young boy. Um, he's now 11 months. But this time, August 20th, he's going to be a year old. Uh, and we'll have a baptism service on uh, August 22nd. And also we'll have a luncheon after service. So that's going to be turn year. And we live in Grinsville together. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I know that your wife supports you in your ministry. What is your pastoral role with your parishioners? And also, second part of this 
question is, what is your pastoral role in the community? My major role is preparing worship service on Sunday. And also, I do lead um, Bible study and also scripture reading and a prayer group and also a consulting, counseling and mentoring in Sunday school. Uh, nowadays, we have a, a problem with the Sunday school because of COVID-19, but we're hoping that after pandemic, we can go back to normal, new normal, and start over again the Sunday school and also other uh, programs as well. And what about in the community? What? Do, how does the church serve the community? Basically, we have two main uh, ministry and missions to our local community. First is the food pantry. A um, lot of local community members and friends helps and support the food pantry. So we were able to support our neighbors uh, in our area uh, who are in need. So and a lot of donations and offerings helps to maintain and sustain the, the food pantry systems. And I thank you to Mary Lee who organized the all the food pantry systems. And also we have a thrift building. Uh, we have a three floor thrift building in our church and we run two, two days a month. So sat, two Saturdays on one each month. We accept donations items from our local area and we provide the items to the people who are in need and also we make the fundraising uh, we do fundraising uh, through the, uh, the threat building to run the building church building you know I, I was wondering as a pastor especially in this particular time in our lives when it's been so difficult how do you help your parishioners to overcome sorrow it is hard, especially uh, people who have lost their loved family or friends. I usually ask them to meet and talk. And uh, usually I listen the person's story and share our faith. And I sometimes quote the Bible scriptures to help and understand of God and also our sorrow and difficult situations. And listening is the only way, uh, mostly way I support the person who is in sorrow. I also learn from the persons through mm -hmm. their stories. Yes. Listening is an art. It's an art form that unfortunately a lot of people don't really do well at. And if you can be there with someone, mm -hmm. sit with them, sometimes just being heard really makes a, a huge difference. The person doesn't feel so alone. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I agree that because the person already know the answer on uh, themselves. The thing is, by their saying the words, they recognizing the problem that I have. And this is the answer that I have. So that makes people cure and heal themselves as well. So mm -hmm. listening to someone who is in sorrow or in depression is the way to counsel the person. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. They already know the answer themselves. And sometimes when they're talking to you and they hear themselves say it, it's, mm -hmm. it's like an aha moment. Right. That's yeah, right. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being a pastor? The major role is listening. So listening part, I really love to hear people's story. Uh, sometimes it's sorrow sometimes is joyful and happiness so listening their story and i learned a lot of wisdoms from the story and i learned how great god is 
creating and uh, leading the people and us. Um, so that's the part of it, my um, privilege to be a pastor. Yeah, that listening is really important, isn't it? You know, I was wondering, do you have any music in your church? Have like an organist or someone who plays the piano? Yes, Sundown Church have a pianist, a Sue Van Wagner. Uh, thank you to her every week. And also on uh, Gramesville Church, we have Shirley Dole, and she also plays uh, piano and organ. Do you have a choir? We used to have a choir before the pandemic, but now we have a strict rule. We can't, we cannot have uh, the choir uh, practice or meeting. And I bet. There is no way that you ever thought you'd be having to deal with some of these things that you've had to deal with during the pandemic. That is true. Uh, I believe nobody learned how to deal with this COVID-19. Everyone is learning uh, new ways by experience. And this time, me too. Yes, I haven't learned about COVID-19 in seminar school. So I have to research. I have to look for data and um, the news. And so... I can't uh, give a right visions and right place where the church can go. One of the roles that the pastor has to take on is to lead the church through hard times and yes, lead uh, the church through good times. Right. Uh, pastor have to make right decisions and uh, uh, pr- provide the right visions to church so and community. And that is the, uh, one of the difficult role uh, as a pastor. And as you said, especially since when you're dealing with something that you have no prior knowledge of, it's really hard. It is. Mm -hmm. When we spoke earlier, we talked about the fact that a lot of people see the church as dying. But you expressed a different idea about that. Would you care to share it? Yes, literally, yes, church is dying and nobody wants to be a pastor this day because now they... I don't see a pastor as a career or a job or a church as a business or company, but instead it's a call. It's a calling by God. And as a servant of Lord, we are serving our community. That is a little sad news, but also I see this as my privilege and my call. And I confirm my faith through this difficult situations. I try my best to love our neighbors and our enemies even. I see this is hard situations, but also I see this is also a blessing. Do you have any idea how to expand the church? Or do you have any ideas mulling around in your head of how to get more parishioners, get more people involved in the church? Yes, it is true. But also the number growing is not uh, making the disciples there's a follower of Christ, and also there's a disciple of Christ. A uh, follower is just following Christ, but disciple is not only following, but also actively behave and practice what Jesus taught to. So my priority is making a disciples instead of inviting people to church. So making disciple is my primary goal this day, and I'm happy to walk together with disciples, yes. You know, there's a saying that fits that perfectly. You don't want people to just talk the talk. You want them to walk the walk. Yeah. That is true, yes. It's not a company. If we give out money, then people will come to church. But <laughs> <laughs> if we have a good food, yes, people will come to church. If we have a good music, yes, people will come. 
But my priority is not just bring people to the church, but instead making a disciple is primary. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic, Pastor. And I, I can't tell you how happy I am that you came in today. It's really been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming in and joining me. I thank you more for having me and sharing your time. You've been listening to Catskill Character with today's guest, Pastor Sung Jin Hung of the United Methodist Church of Gramsville and Sundown. The website is gramsvilleumc.org. Catskill Character is on every Saturday on WJFF, right after Farm and Country. I'm Donna Fellenberg. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Farm Arts Collective, located on Willow Wisp Organic Farm in Damascus, Pennsylvania. Farm Arts Collective's programs intersect the practices of farming, performance, food, and ecology. FarmArtsCollective.org From the Community Foundation of Orange and Sullivan, a publicly supported philanthropic institution, CFOSNY.org, and from listeners like you who donate at WJFFRadio.org. I'm Nagin Farsad, filling in for Peter Sagal, and this week on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we ring in the new year in the traditional way, listening to interviews with our favorite guests, plus some you've never heard before. We've got brand new conversations with MSNBC's Rachel Maddow and journalist Bob Woodruff, plus we revisit our time with old friends Brad Paisley and Damian Lillard. Join us for the news quiz from NPR. Sunday morning at 10 on Radio Catskill. Is the season for fad dieting. But new weight loss medications are making room at the table for longer-term solutions, providing effective options for people with obesity and for wealthy celebrities without it. I'm Kai Wright. This week on Notes from America, we take your questions live and ask, what do we gain and what are the risks when we treat obesity like a chronic disease? Sunday evening at 6, live on Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Montezuma.